I'm sad that you've written Necessary Evil off as a potential superhero game. That hurts me in my heart. Oh, Rodriguez is the GMologist. GM That was Jason at the top talking about Necessary Evil, which is a Savage Worlds system game where you play the bad guys a la Suicide Squad and got to save the world and be big damn heroes for once. Uh, oh, it's still there. And I think maybe it's gaining more it's gaining more excitement because of all the Savage Worlds I played back at Chupacabracon. Amy's excited about it. She'll as much as she doesn't like superhero games, she might join in. But uh, this show is a, a mostly a call-in show, but uh, Amy joins me again for some unboxings, which is kind of cool. So we got call-ins from, from Jason, like you heard. He calls in some more about a few things, and this is based on the last few... Um, oh, wow, there's a fire truck here. I'm here at the university. Um, it's not my fault. I'm here at the university for a dissertation defense, and now there's a fire truck here. I hope there's not a fire. That'd be bad and would really um, make an already nervous student probably more nervous. Anyway, um, yeah, so this show, we got call-ins from Jason, call-ins from BJ Boyd. Uh, my wife calls in about Savage Worlds, uh, and these are calls based on the last few episodes, both the uh, the unboxing and, unbag- and uh, unbagging, boxes and bag show, um, and then the Hyperborea show, and also some comments on the Chupacabracon uh, extravaganza recap thing. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy, and um, thanks for listening. Hey, Carl. Good interview with Daniel and Hyperborea. Um, yeah, like, like I said, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerer's Hyperborea is my favorite clone or retro clone or whatever you want to call it, of TSR era D&D. Um, I haven't played 3rd edition, and I'm not sold on the combat changes, so I'll stick to the 2nd edition for for that definition, my favorite. But, yeah, I, I think you guys did a good job, and you pointed out a lot of the pluses and the pros to it. So if if somebody wants to play a and d style game and do sword and sorcery, I, I think you'd be very, very hard-pressed to find something better to do it with. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I have to say. Thank you for putting it out there. I appreciate these shows that you're doing. Hey, Carl, it's BJ. Um, I was listening to your Hyperborea episode with Daniel. Great episode, as always. Uh, on the initiative for 3rd edition Hyperborea, I'm looking at page 9 in the player's manual, and it does say that the side that wins initiative goes through the entire sequence, and then the side that loses goes through the entire sequence, uh, assuming you don't have a tied initiative. So it isn't the uh, people who aren't moving go on either side, and then the people who move go on either side. That's the way I've been playing it. And to be honest, I would I, I like it better the way we've been doing it with the uh, you know that kind of hybrid. But there's still kind of a second phase because anybody who's moving has to wait to act until all the people who haven't moved act have acted but um uh, yeah i just i just noticed that when you guys were talking about initiative i was kind of reading along with the book to kind of 
catch the things you guys were referencing, and that's what I saw. So, talk to you later. Correction, that's not page 9, it's chapter 9. It is page 267 of the player's manual. Hey BJ, thanks for pointing that out. And maybe since we've only played a few times, well, I'm kind of hearkening back to that two-phase system, and that's what seems natural. But hey, if you guys want to do it that way, that's fine. I do like, and I've always liked the two-phase system, and I think the melee missile magic, and then um, bad guys melee missile magic, and then the movement stuff seems more interesting and fun. Um, but maybe that that's the cool thing about the flexibility of a game like this is that slight tweaks can, you know, however they suit your table and that's what is agreed upon. Well, that's the way to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's good and bad, right? Cause if the bad guys win initiative, um, then they get to do all their stuff before the players even strike a blow, but there are some nuances. So for example, under combat sequence notes on the same page, the characters on the same side taking the same action may go in order of decks, and they're not an initiative tie, as the tie on the initiative roll signifies that all combatants from all sides go in order of their individual decks, regardless of the combat sequence. So if there's a tie, then you go melee, winners, melee, losers, missiles, winners, missiles, losers, etc. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there are some nuances and what about delayed actions and then multiple attacks can be made together um, or whatever. So, hey, it's a flexible system. Um, we'll, I guess we get to do what we like and um, and we don't have to worry about Jeff Talanian sending in the uh, Hyperborea police to tell us that we're doing bad, wrong, fun. I think he's cool with however things go at the table. Well, Mr. Geomologist, since I am the roving reporter i felt as though i had to also be the first one to call in and tell you why i think you should play savage worlds savage worlds has some of the aspects of call of cthulhu that i like so the mythos and the investigation and the insanity checks and some of the other kind of quirky things about savage worlds is you start with bennies which is similar to Extra Lives. And you can get bennies as you go along for playing, role-playing your character, which I think is pivotal to enjoying a game. And I also love a lot of the Savage Worlds games because they really think so hard as to why a game should be the way it is. As well as they spend a lot of time creating the game not only from the perspective of writing the game, but the perspective of how they'd like to enjoy the game. So yes, the attempt is to make you struggle and take you down a little bit. Rarely have I played a Savage Worlds game where I feel it's antagonistic to the player. There's almost always a workaround to get the information you need. And it really has an opportunity for the player to get out of themselves and investigate something and not have to make so many roles just to have an idea or a thought and then them not even come to fruition. So I have to say Savage Worlds rule.
see Jason, Amy is interested in Savage World, and like you talked about at the top of the show, Necessary Evil, well, they just have a super, superheroes companion for Savage Worlds and some updates from the older edition of Necessary Evil to the newer edition with Suede. So it looks like that's viable. And uh, I guess it has or a Savage Worlds game would have Amy stamp of approval. I think specifically in her, she likes ETU and um, Deadlands because of the horror and weird aspects. And uh, she gets to, you know, do her thing, role play, which Amy loves to do. And Benny's, I don't think they really give you extra lives. Uh, but hey, if you if you believe that, more power to you. Uh, I guess definitely they can prevent you from death when you use a Benny to soak damage and re-roll a critical attack or um, skill. So um, so yeah, Savage Worlds is, is really good. I think one of my favorite aspects of Savage Worlds 2 in the rules is the uh, the ability to ace. So you roll like a... Usually you roll, you roll two dice as a player, um, your skill dice and a wild dice. And if any of those hit the highest level um, on the dice, so like a D4 would be a 4, a D6 would be a 6, etc. Then you roll those again and then you add them up. And the idea on a skill roll or attack roll is to um, get a raise, which is 4, four higher than normal. Um, usually you just need a 4. But... Um, so an eight would be a raise for the most part, but of course sometimes there's modifiers. So, um, and then um, when you roll damage, you want to ace and you keep going. So, um, and uh, there used to used to be even more brutal where if you got multiple raises on the attack, you just keep adding d6s. But they don't do that anymore in the suede. But uh, Savage Worlds is definitely a solid game that I do enjoy playing. I don't play enough. Um, I do have an ongoing Deadlands game, but uh, that's still viable, but the gameplay is sporadic because uh, the, the couple we play with, uh, we're out of town, they're out of town, and um, sometimes we want to just go to our favorite hangout, Flying Saucer, and other times we, we'll play. So uh, I think we are scheduled to play, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend of the 22nd, and we'll see um, what the consequences are of shooting a 66.6-pound um, ghost rock and it blowing up into 666 pieces. So uh, we'll see uh, how that will go. Um, and it should be fun. But definitely keep bothering me about Necessary Evil, just like my buddy um, keeps bothering me about the uh, Icelandic werewolf game. It'll come. Uh, if you uh, write it, it will come. And I guess the other thing you talk about is, uh, oh, yep. Yeah, that's that'll be all. And then now we'll get to some of Jason's calls. Wait. And we'll answer some more of his questions and comments. Hey, team. Great job. Wonderful recap at ChupacabraCon. Love the roving reporter. It, it was good to hear Amy back on her show and, you know, putting Carl in the background there a little bit. No, I'm kidding. I love hearing Carl, too. So I'm glad you guys had a great time. Sounds like a wonderful weekend. And I look forward to game with you guys soon. Take care. Hey, Jason, thanks for that. It was fun to record with Amy, and I'm trying to encourage her to get on the show more. Um, I think she was very excited about Chupacabracon, as you can tell, and being able to play some games and not have me as a GM all the time, which I think was great. Um, and then she got to play 
on her own as well. So not even with me at the table, because um, yeah, I think sometimes we, well, it's good to that we play off each other. Sometimes it's good to just let us be us. Uh, so you know, when she got to play "Forget About It" with uh, Eric Lomaru, um, I was playing Delta Green uh, and getting killed. Uh, well, my character anyway. So um, so yeah, it was it was good um, to do that. Good to go to the convention. I think she really does enjoy Chupacabra Con. Well, probably, so maybe that'll help me to convince her to go to other cons like um, Game Hole or maybe not Gary Con. Maybe Gary Con. We'll see. Um, Genghis Con is another one where there's a big Savage Worlds component. So, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but you got some more to say. And not about our Chupacabra Con episode, but I think about our, um, our, some of our unboxings and unbaggings on this one. If you're looking for a D&D style game, Carl, that lets you do one GM, one player, look no, or one GM, even two players, look no further than Scarlet Heroes by Kevin Crawford. That is the ticket, my friend. That is the ticket. Hey, Carl. Yeah, I would play your Cosaris and Cthulhu's. Honestly, I kind of Cthulhu'd out, but I, I would like to play a pirate game where you get to all the pirate tropes and talk like a pirate. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm almost surprised they don't have a VTT pack with that. That's a popular thing these days. Although I'm still of the opinion that using Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds and all that stuff detracts from the actual game and it turns into a video game and people are more worried about setting macros and moving figures and looking around than they are paying attention to the Game Master. So I'd actually rather do a theater of the mind. But I, I know you know, other people want to play video games. So, anyhow, I, yeah, if, if we ever get it to the table after the million other things in the list, then we'll see what happens. But thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I don't know if that 5E thing I got was solo, or maybe you're right, maybe it is more, it is duet, and I just call it solo. I'll have to dive into it more. I've definitely heard about Scarlet Heroes and wouldn't mind doing it. And I think I will get get to doing some more of these alone against the, again. Um, I, I think that was a pretty well-received episode and I might uh, do it and, and see. I think I have alone against the tide, which puts me in the infamous Innsmouth. Uh, that should be interesting, but I'll see what this was one's about and then check out Scarlet Heroes at your recommendation. And I cannot believe that you are Cthulhu'd out. What Cthulhu have we played? Have we run together? I mean, I know I've done some super secret horror stuff with you. Oh, wait, I guess you did Invictus. Um, I, I'm shocked that you are cthulhu out of that one because it was so long ago. Just maybe you played a lot of Cthulhu. Oh, we, well, there is the, uh, the Innsmouth look game too, but we have it. That's been sporadic. So um, I don't know if there is an alternative to horror or Cthulhu or you prefer the modern. That is cool too. I'm glad that you're excited about uh, Corsairs of Cthulhu. I'm Fortunate enough that I will be in one of Ben Barnes's games um, that he's running. He said he's running a chapter from the book, so I will refrain from reading the book. And anyway, I'm reading Horror on the Orient Express um, at the request of one of my players and um, in my Thursday Warhammer game, uh, which reminds me, I, you know, I, I guess I, I heard on another podcast from someone that they really enjoy recaps, so... I might start jumping. I think the next episode will be some recaps to catch up on things that, uh, other than the recap we did at Chupacabra Con. 
some recaps that I've done recently. So anyway, thanks again for the call. And now a word from our sponsor. We've all heard the solo podcasts. We know the names of the legendary anchorites, but now the Hydra of Discord, the polyphony of podcasting quarrels, join together into a single podcast, Cerebravore, a bi-weekly show where a rotating cast of podcasters discuss a variety of tabletop role-playing topics. Cerebravore, it'll devour your mind. Guess what, y'all? I got some more unboxings. So I got uh, two packages here. One from Lightning Source, which you know that means drive through RPG printers. And another one from an individual, uh, a person in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and it's probably an eBay purchase, but I bet you they're both gaming related. So let's open the Lightning Source one first. I feel that, you know, as you were kind of, it will be appropriate. And, well, let's see what it is. Yes, it is... The reprint copy of the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons module Dungeon Land, an adventure module. It's EX1 for character levels nine to twelve. I'm looking through the reprint. I uh, this is actually inspired by Jules of NZ. Uh, she had said that this was one of the white whales. She's always loved Alice in Wonderland and Lewis Carroll's works and world. And she had heard that Dungeon Land was well a way to get there and play D and D. So uh, yeah, it was good. I, I on eBay I was looking for an original copy, but I didn't want to pay the money that they wanted for the quality of the products that I saw in there. So I just decided, um, yeah, I'm just gonna. And it's actually a pretty well done reprint. I'm just gonna get it on drive through. They have it available. Do, do all of you remember that wonderful monster that is in there, the Executioner's Hood? I use that a lot to good effect. Uh, the Hangman Tree is introduced there. Um, I, a new magic item, Deck of Illusions, that you might be uh, familiar with, and also Hat of Disguise were introduced here. But it, it, what it does is it does take place... Um, it, it's kind of... It's very unique. It's, it takes place in... You know, Alice in Wonderland and the land beyond the magic mirror. So um, it's adventures you may think you have seen everything. Certainly your skills have brought you through unimaginable dangers. But now suddenly you find yourself in a place unlike anything which you have traveled. Astounding, dangerous, and even amusing things confront you as you journey both indoors and outdoors through the unique and wondrous realm of Dungeon Land. So pretty cool with that. And uh, guess what? I bet you... Uh, well, maybe some of you can guess what the next thing I'm going to open might be, since, you know, I'm a collector. All right, here goes. I have to be a completionist. Uh, this one, I might actually need a um, something to open. It used to open it with. It tastes pretty well. I will have to grab out uh, my uh, knockoff of a pocket knife. It's my little Columbia blue pocket knife. i got to figure out a good place to cut it so I don't bring the material inside. It says, do not bend. They did not bend it. Thank you, post office, for not bending my product. I'm cutting this thing open. Bubble wrap protected. Oh, and a second envelope, which is great. Thank you, uh, eBay seller person, for doing that uh, for me to be protected. It's also protected with a couple pieces of cardboard. you got to like that. Um, so i got to cut those things, too, away. Remember, always cut away from you. Uh, there it goes. It pops out. 
and the envelope. What's in the envelope? The envelope, please, sir. Yes, it is. You guessed it. Maybe. EX2, The Land Beyond the Magic Mirror. I felt that for the price point that this person is offering it, um, it was good. And we will see. It looked good on the, on the eBay um, site that this person set up. Um, and um, it smells old but not moldy. Oh, it's in, it's in really good shape. Um, it's in very nice shape. There's a little creasing on the uh, on the spine, but uh, nothing falling apart. Everything looks really crisp, and I love. You gotta love that that Holloway arch in here. Um, that's interspersed among things. Yeah, I love that guy's art. Um, but yeah, it's a line beyond the magic mirror continuation from Dungeon Land. Um, it could, it's a companion scenario to EX1, uh, levels 9 to 12 again. Ooh, the chessboard. Oliphants, Elbises, a lot of these things that you saw in Monster Manual too, right? The quasi-elemental lightnings, giant insects. Oh, man, it's really cool. It's very cool. Yep. Looks very cool, very challenging. A lot of awesome Holloway art. Um... Crazy things happen. The walrus and the carpenter are met. So uh, pretty cool stuff. Can't wait. I don't know if I'll run this. Uh, I don't know if anyone would dare to have me run an AD&D adventure. Although I thought Jules uh, had was a great idea to convert it to um, the fifth edition. And really, all you need to do is find the right monster or monster equivalent, I feel. Um, and then roll with it and see how things go. Um, mostly, I, I would... I feel like the challenge wouldn't be necessarily the monsters. Uh, a ninth level AD&D character is pretty damn tough. Uh, um, I mean, spellcasters could you can give a problem. I've I've seen, but um, you know, I think it's the tricks and traps that'll still get the unwary player. So yes, I'm excited. I got I used to have these, and somewhere along one of the moves, probably my move back from Boston down here to San Antonio after I graduated. Uh, from undergrad, I probably lost it, or someone borrowed it and never returned it. I don't know. So long ago. Anyway, uh, there we go. Cool stuff. EX1, EX2, can't wait. Thanks, Jules, for uh, the, inspiring me to go get these things. I don't know if Jules listens, but uh, I know Joe Richter listens. So, Jules, uh, Joe, if you could pass it on to Jules um, th to thank her for that inspiration. Hello everyone, I've been instructed by our producer, Amy Lee Rodriguez uh, of The Geomologist Presents it. Uh, in a, as an addendum to our ChupacabraCon issue, I need to talk about the fun things that we bought there. Right, or, Amy? Or I bought there. Right, I bought one thing, Amy bought a lot more things. So I think what's going to happen is Amy's going to hand me something and I'm going to talk about it. Is that correct? That is correct. And then maybe you'll add your comments also, I'm not sure. I always have more than two cents worth of comments. Okay. All right. So we'll hold this one for the last, and we'll start with the fun GM screen. So Amy got me this uh, Stratagem GM screen. It's uh, it's kind of like build your own screen, and it's a six oh no eight panel screen, and it gives you various handouts. It actually came with a condition a condition card. Uh, for 5e, 
And it also came with um, some other things in here. It came with a, it looks like a combat, uh, combat card for Pathfinder. But you can order uh, these things for, for other games, uh, including 5e or whatever. And actually, I was, I didn't think about it, but I had some handouts for my Pope Cthulhu game. Oh, and then like, you can put things on both sides. You can put pictures or whatever. That's a great idea. So, Well, actually, Carl, I got it for you for your Bone Collectors game. Yeah, so for Bone Collectors, what I can do, honestly, is put um, little handouts in the, you know, facing the players of all the different things that happen and then point to them as they occur and then, uh, or add them to the front as they occur, um, and which would be kind of neat. And then on the inside, um, I will have, you know, some of the Call of Cthulhu references, which would be really great. And facing the players also, like, how to spend luck for pulp. So I think it's a really uh, good purchase, and I'm definitely going to use it. So thank you, Amy. What do we got welcome. next? Well, the fun didn't stop there, because seeing as you're my favorite GM, I found you a new system to learn and run for me. Oh, and spoil alert, Jason, one's coming your way, too. Uh, I thought that you were going to surprise him, but that's okay. He's surprised right now. Oh, I guess he's surprised right now. Um, anyway, so this is a game called Retroscape. It says uh, Deco Punk RPG. I don't know what Deco Punk means, really. Um, so I guess it's kind of a cyberpunk-ish post-epoch, maybe. But it's uh, by, um, it seems like, by a group called Parlor. Um, and we met the authors, and it's still in playtest. It I is, guess. and it was explained to us that it's a post-apocalyptic game where it's actually the machine's fault, and they started the World War III. Uh, so it's like, a, I guess, a Terminator meets a Road Warrior type of thing, potentially. So we did get to playtest it. We got some uh, some pre-generated characters. It looks pretty pretty straightforward, actually. Uh, the, the system is going to be um, attribute dice plus skill dice. And they're nominally, actually, they're D12s. They start as D12s in your attribute. And then if you have a particular skill in that, in that um, a particular skill that matches with that attribute, then that D12 turns to a D20. You roll those two dice, and uh, you hit try to hit a target number. There might be some meta currency involved, but I haven't really delved deep. The art's really good in here. Um, let's see, what do they got? My so favorite part is once you hit the target, you're not rolling for damage. It's already set. If you hit it this amount of dice, you did this much damage. If you had this many dice, you do that much damage. Making the gameplay so much faster and less frustrating. Well, we'll, we'll see how that works in gameplay, but it has one, two, three, four sections, which is good. Creating your own operative equipment. Equipment again, um, interesting, two, oh, that's section, oh, interesting, okay. I guess there's two equipment sections, I don't know what that means yet. Again, I haven't, like, looked through this, I'm just looking at the table of contents. And then uh, section four is gameplay, so, um, so yeah, uh, they do have a Patreon, I put the uh, links in the show notes, and it looks, yeah, so they have, spe oh, specialties is section two, and then equipment is section three, so that's kind of, uh, there's, a, I guess, a typo in here, but that's okay. I guess it happens. It is a playtest book. So it's pretty cool. Um, and probably, don't forget to tell them you got the first kill on the board that day. Yeah, I did get a kill on the board when I playtested it. So the, the GM or the designer was there, and 
uh, I used one of the pregens and then kind of ran a mock combat, and it, it did go really quick. So um, uh, that's a plus, I think, in my book for a you know a game. All right, what's next? What's next was your own purchase. Yeah, I bought something by myself. Uh, you know, with it was given permission to use the credit card. Yes, and um, and it's a it's actually you know. I think also this is kind of inspired by James Thrall, who does um, his so solo play um, on you know as a podcast. And I, you know, I have a solo play game. I have a few solo plays that I probably might get uh, to the table. I have the Alone Against or some of the Alone Against series uh, from Call of Cthulhu, but this one is called Into the Unknown: A Solo Adventure for for a D and D Five E. Um, it looks pretty good. It, it's created by Pace Setter Games. Uh, has developed this solo. A and uh, D5e game. Uh, ben Barsh is the author, and it's pretty. It looks pretty interesting. It tells you how to carry create your character, difficulty modes. You can do story mode, hard mode. You might may or may not have companions, combat, different monsters, fleeing combat. It definitely uh, starts you. It looks like it starts you in Medius Rest. Uh, you're right at the entrance to the thing you need to explore. It has maps that you can take a look at. Um, there's a couple of adventures that give you what I thought was kind of cool. To give you the whole map of the area that you were going to pursue. And what's neat, it's supposed to give go from uh, levels 1 through 5. So maybe I'll take a look through it. Um, if I probably, I don't know what you got to do. If you just got to go run into it or, or what. But um, yeah, I got to take a look through it and see how things go. Um, and maybe I need an emulator. Likely I will need an emulator to tell me like where to go and what to do. Or maybe the first part is, um, is kind of, this is how you do it. And then you go from there. So, um, so pretty cool. Uh, again, it's supposed to go from levels one through five. So, I'm looking at seven chapters, eight chapters, uh, nine chapters, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, twelve is called the grand finale. That's probably means it might be the end of it. Um, oh, there's a thir chapter thirteen as well. Um, so, chapter fourteen. So you probably can go in different directions. Chapter 15, these are probably places around 16, um, 17, 18, and 19, uh, 20, which is the conclusion. So, so there you go. And it's got an appendix with the uh, first appendix is new monsters, uh, new magic items in appendix two, companions in appendix three, and then a new races, actually. There's a, a type of dwarf. There's some things called thin folk, which are fish-like people. And uh, some subclasses, Elemental Ranger, um, so different paths as well. So some paths for different classes. It looks like, um, what is that, uh, Elemental? Yeah, I guess it's an Elemental Ranger uh, type of thing. So character creation also. Uh, you could roll randomly for character creation, so that's kind of cool too. So I might uh, do that, um, it looks like. Or, well, at least for like what uh, species and then what class, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, so pretty cool. Um, hmm. Interesting. I guess you. It does let you. I was looking on the alignment table here. Uh, I guess you, if you roll high enough, you could be evil. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The Appendix Ten is a complete book of maps. Uh, so it looks pretty interesting. It looks really, really cool. So that's into the unknown. Maybe it'll, I'll do some solo play. Uh, Amy, do you have any comments about the into the unknown individual play? I don't know if it's your bag, but. Well, seeing as I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of D&D, &D, as you know, 
I'll be just on the, the yoga mat listening to James's yoga music while you play. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Uh, James, uh, while he's doing the Traveler show, it, it does, I guess, sound very mellow, the music. Maybe you could do yoga to it which is, and listen to James's podcast. It All right, was very what we got? nice. I liked it. Uh, what do we got next? I got a, something to help out with our Deadlands game. Yeah, so there's this card. So there, um, this, there's this board game called Doomtown, which is set in Deadwood, and it's sort of tacitly related to um, Deadlands. But well, remember, they, the, the gentleman we were talking to said it was created to be played either simultaneously or individually of the board game. Right, so it's a full card deck, and it has you know different personages. And it looks like, I was told that you could uh, go online, and I think it is the uh, Aces, um, is it the Aces? Well, the link is on the website. Yeah, there's a link on the website, so you, how you could use these as action cards as well. As, uh, you know, well, they are action cards, is it, but you could use them in a particular way in a Savage World, not just to, for initiative, but for actually the uh, special action card that they have. So that looks really cool, really evocative art. That is germane to the Deadlands genre, and that's the Doomtown uh, action deck. So pretty cool. What's next? It's my favorite. By the way, you bought me a Mother's Day gift, whether you know it or not. Sure. It's the exciting LED D and D dice. So um, I don't know who make. Do you know who makes them? Did you see who made these? I didn't see who made them. I just fell in love with them. Um, Women always like sparkly things, Carl. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, who ma I honestly don't know who makes these dice, but uh, we got them through New Comet Games, who, was at, who had a booth there. Um, but there are dice that light up when you when you throw them down. Um, they have a rechargeable LED. Uh, so it's, it's a full set of dice. So it's got uh, your, yeah, I don't know. It says R-O-H-S on the back. I don't know if that's the company Rokes. Uh, that's weird. But it has, it has your, you know, your standard one, two, three, four... Five, six, uh, your seven die set that you would typically see, and they light up, and so far so good. We haven't had to recharge them yet. We probably should plug them in. I should Amy's probably been, plug them in because Amy's been using them. them a lot. Okay? Oh yes, they're so much fun. And then the last thing that I got you at Chupacabracon, because you're always loving my notes, is a leather-bound notebook for you that's refillable. Yep. And if you figure out how to open it. Yeah, it's a notebook. It's really cool. Um, I got a notebook that I've been using to write down, and I need to translate that to uh, to type uh, at some point on a word processor. Um, but uh, I now I have another notebook, which is good because then I don't have to, uh, you know, if I have other notes I need to write down for the games that I'm uh, developing. Um, well, I can start with another notebook, and it's. And it is refillable. It's refillable. So after I finish this one, I put it on the shelf and throw another one in this leather-bound little folio. So pretty cool. Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. All the rest of the stuff I got is for me. We don't need to talk about it. Nope. She got a lot of tea and a lot of soap. And dice. And dice. That aren't flashy. Always dice. And then I bought presents for our friends that came with us. So I guess now all we have left is to open the box. Yeah, I have one more box that I got when I was not home. So it's uh, a heavy box. It's a heavy box, and um, let me grab Anvil over here, which is a box cutter, and it's a heavy box. It's about um, 
6 inches by 11 by 17. It's kind of a standard freight box. It is from... Tennessee. Yep, from Pinnacle. Ooh. Some sort of Savage Worlds thing. So you might not get what's in the box. If it's Benny's, I'm keeping them. That yep. way I don't have to call into the show, right? right. Yep. <laughs> so, wow, there's a, quite a bit of stuff in here. Um, I'm looking at, yeah, this is the fulfillment for the Savage World Pathfinder Kickstarter. Um, adventure, oh, wow. Okay, so I, I look, Paul, uh, I got, I do not have these, which is nice. I saw a GM Jerry using these a lot. Oops, I dropped something. And the I have these. listeners can't see it, though. You have to tell them what it is. Exactly. So what they are are these uh, card, uh, kind of like a cardboard cutouts that give little status. So shaken, hold, wounded, distracted, hold. And then the other, it uh, looks like there's another, there's, looks like there's four sheets, actually. And I can tell one of them has like the large blast, medium blast, uh, cone template. I feel like I should open this and see what, I, what the hell else I got here. Um, but that's kind of cool. So it's like a full-on GM's kit, which I haven't purchased before. Um, I'm kind of peeling it off. And hopefully cardboard cutouts don't go all over the place. But one sheet has that, another sheet has, there's some more, and then there's other templates, um, which are very useful in um, Pathfinder, small blast template, stream template for your lightning bolt, uh, medium blast, again, and multiple ones. The large blast template looks very scary, but that's, uh, so far, that's what, the first thing that I got in this kit. What's These next? look really cool because they're like little cheat sheets. Right, so they, there's actually a Adventure Awaits little uh, bookmarks, and on the back inside they have little, um, oh, they could actually be put in as, you could probably put them in, I could probably put them in the, uh, the screen that you got me, because they have uh, not just on one side they have like a, a picture, but on the other side they have a different um, cheats for, uh, for Savage Worlds. For example, uh, Ray's Calculator, right there on one sheet. Uh, common states, um, injury table, schools of magic, etc. So it's nice little handouts that you could give, and they look like uh, bookmarks as well. So, all right, what's next on the pile? They must have known I was coming. Look at all these cards of pre-generated characters. Right. Uh, let's look. Actually, this one. I think this is a. Yes, there's two sets. So I have a set of, of cards too that, and Amy's holding like two two sets of. Well, I want to open those. Why don't you talk about these while I well, do that? Because these are what you're talking about. These are the archetype cards. These are the pre -gens. So You open that one, and then you can open this while my, I'm talking about whatever is in All here. All right. All right, yes. So they knew Amy was going to play. These look like monster cards, I think. Um, yeah, these look like monster cards, maybe for the adversaries that we might meet in uh, the adventure. Um... Yeah, these, that's what it seems like. I did not peek. Although there are, it looks like there are other, might be other, um, they have like one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, looks like NPC uh, adversary cards. And it looks like there's some more archetypes, vampire hunter, mysterious, um, maybe these are NPCs as well, it seems, um, potentially. So, uh, mysterious fence, noble warrior. Scoundrel, Holy Defender, uh, Mystic Thief. So there are other NPCs that one could run into. A nice little set of cards. And then uh, Amy's handing me the Archetype Set 1. There's, wow, there are a lot of 
archetypes in this. Um, oh, because they have, it's interesting. So they have the novice ranks for them, and then the seasoned ranks in this one here, for it looks like uh, a few. Makes so guess, me wonder if they're going to do a legacy with these. Mm, I don't know. That'd be interesting, but I don't think they would. But they have, like, effectively, they have all the iconic Pathfinder characters um, here as archetypes. So Ambry, the Barbarian, Lem, the Bard, Hero, the Cleric, Galeros, the Fighter, uh, Mariciel, the, the Rogue, Elven Rogue, Ezrin, the Wizard, Linny, the Druid, uh, Harth, the Ranger, Sioni, the Sorcerer, Sejan, the Monk, Sela, the Paladin, and then the, comp and then the companions that they, various, they have, and they have Seasoned as well. Um, so that's pretty cool. So they have uh, the companion, Alini's faithful companion here, that snow leopard that you might see in the if you kind of look through Pathfinder stuff. So uh, what, what is set two then? Oh, I'm not giving this up. I like these two. They have pets. Yep. So, yeah, I guess it looks like they have um, a different set of iconics in the archetype set two. Um, so Corva the Rogue. Paley, a wizard, uh, another barbarian, although her name is also Kira, on the Kira, but with an I, instead of a Y, Kira is a cleric in the other one, Teller, the bard, Brokar, a cleric, Zeril, a fighter, Ferial, a druid, looks like an elven druid, uh, Marn, a ranger, but uh, like an upfront fighting ranger, he's got like some sort of uh, chain with a thing at the end of it. Nor, a sorcerer, uh, Maida, a monk, uh, Sil, a paladin, who's got a, interestingly, is throwing a, reading a bow. And then they have all the seasoned, uh, so quite a few different iconics that you can see, you have iconic one or iconic two, uh, which is very interesting. So pre-gens galore for these. All right, what's next? We got a... The all-important rules. The core rule book. So, so Amy's not a D&D fan, much less a Pathfinder fan, but... Um, no, I like Pathfinder. Or she likes Pathfinder, that's right. So, but remember, I can shapeshift into dinosaurs. Or she did in her last character, this is correct. But this kind of shows um, how you can how you get started and all the rules appropriate to uh, Savage Worlds and uh, as an intro to Galerion using the Savage World rule set. Um, the pictures are art that is from the various products way back from Paisa, but there's some new pictures, especially since they have those new iconics, which I think is pretty cool. I might, it might be fun to play the new Iconics, but then they have all the different tracks for the different uh, characters. Um, interesting, I think the archetypes, they really, so to give it sort of that class feel, they have these archetypes um, and kind of ideas on how you can advance in them to, to give it that sort of leveling feel um, as you go up. So it's kind of Pathfinder, but then kind of directed, the character uh, development is a little directed. Clearly you can go you know, on your own way. I think these, these are generally uh, suggestions, but they have, you know, all the iconic uh, archetypes that are in here, and then uh, different rules, etc. Um, new traits, you know, magic items, new spells. Uh, social conflict is something in here I just saw. Um, different options. So it's a full-on rule book, so uh, you don't have to... In, in, it looks like, in theory, I'm just looking at some of these rules, you do not have to um, break out your suede book. Everything is self-contained in here. I'm looking at attacks, damage, how that works, situational rules. So 
these are repeated um, from the suede suede book and it looks like there might be some new options as well uh, which is pretty cool so there's an adventure toolkit how to make adventures how to do allies um, i think uh, downtime which is nice i don't know if they have a, like, travel rules necessarily in here they might somewhere uh, maybe not in this book but in another fear hazards uh quite a few hazards it's a dangerous world traps interludes mass battles which is great they have rules for mass batters, battles, networking, quick encounters. They talk about the plane. Oh, they do have travel. So they do have a travel section as well, uh, which is really nice. So, of course, powers is a, always a big thing. And then they have, uh, at the very end, uh, magic items. Uh, yeah, magic items, it looks like. And um, that's in this book. I don't know if they have creatures in this book. I don't uh, know, and I can't find the bennies. No, I, didn't, I don't think I got a set of... New bennies for that. Uh, maybe something. I'll have to make my own. Right. So there's a companion. It seems here, as well. Be a companion. Uh, what does this have in it? It's the second book that they have, um, and it's more or less a, a gazetteer, inner sea gazetteer adventure generator, which is always nice. So you can just, as with pa other Pathfinder games, you can just kind of roll for see what the adventure is going to happen. They have adversaries that you could you know, run into, magic items, religion. Um, so things that you probably have seen before in Pathfinder, but this definitely looks like it's targeted towards people who've never played in Pathfinder, but maybe like Savage Worlds um, and would play in that. So the companion is not as big. I wouldn't want to meet this guy in a dark alley. No, so they do have a full-on bestiary as well, it seems. Um, that's the third book here in this group. And let's see. Yeah, a good number of creatures. There's about... 127 uh, pages of different creatures, which actually is pretty substantial bestiary book. Probably a lot of the very common monsters that you would run into. Um, got vampires for you there. Joe Richter. Um, uh, whites. I'm looking at the ones at the end. Wraiths. Wyverns, of course. Um, all sorts of crazy fun things. It's a good-sized bestiary. Uh, bestiary, and it's, I think it's done really well. Archons at the beginning here. Um, so devils and demons, clearly. Oh, dragons. How do they do dragons? Um, don't mess with dragons. Yeah, don't. Oh, wow. Don't mess with dragons. Seriously, don't mess with dragons. I'm looking at some of their stats here. For an adult, you'd be very hard-pressed to get through its toughness. I'm just saying. Um, Enough bennies, maybe I could. Maybe, but you have to really do a lot of damage. I better call Jerry. He yep. can instruct me on how to pull jokers. Yep. Uh, and then your GM screen complete with your first... Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a GM screen. It's a, a three-panel GM screen. Uh, very nice art on the... You know, that sort of uh, art that you've seen um, in a lot of Pathfinder publications. Uh, on the, on the Look, they have, they have a girl, and she's dressed. Yep. Yep. It's such a rare thing. Well, I don't know if that's true, but they're, okay. They're always dressed, shall we say, indecently carrying swords and wearing high heels. I don't understand how you can fight in high heels. Yep. Well, there was that uh, special agent in the latest James Bond who was fighting in a dress in high heels. Not for the entire thing. No, that's true. All right. Anyway, so uh, this has combat options and situational rules. Um, damage, injury, fear, 
social conflict. Um, so social conflict looks like it's kind of a, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, social conflict looks like it's a, a way to do sort of um, the reaction table, uh, which they have here too. Um, object hardness, schools of magic, new special abilities. Uh, so energy drain, that's interesting. Um, wow. Okay, so energy drain is very interesting. I'll just read this. Uh, that's a big thing in a lot of these games. So the victim makes a resistance roll, usually bigger, or loses a die type in the targeted attribute. If the if it would be reduced below D4, the victim is incapacitated. Victim recovers one die type every 24 hours or relief with a restoration modifier. So you can, uh, when you get incapacitated, though, you got to roll on the incapacitated table, and you might very well be dead unless you're getting healing. I want to play this. How often do you hear a plague has come to a town of Falcon's Hollow and not even the town's priest can abate its wretched course? Yep. I won't read much more. Don't tell me I'm cheating. So actually the uh, GM, so it has Hollow's Last Hope, which is kind of cool. I've run that or I have that, I'm sure, for Pathfinder 1 or maybe 3, 5. So yeah, so it looks pretty cool. Um, has... Yeah, the adventure. So that'd be pretty good, you know, start to the adventure for no definitely for novice characters. Um, I already picked my character over. Yep, and Amy's already picked her character. So uh, there, you Hollow's Hope is the first adventure. They have other products too. I was I was not sure, convinced uh, when I signed up for the um, Kickstarter if I wanted to get or do the whole Rise of the Rune Lords. I mean, I don't know. I'll have to read through the rules and see how easily it is adapted. Because I have been collecting Paizo Adventure Paths um, since, well, you know, the beginning. So maybe maybe the Reign of Winter game I want to run, I could use with Savage Worlds. Um, who knows? Anyway, well, thanks for joining me, Amy. That was our unboxing of the Savage Worlds Pathfinder. Oh, yes. Okay, so what are you doing tonight? We can run the game right now. Oh, we could, except we have a, another obligation our T2 game, T2K game, is coming up in like... Oh, that's right. Soon. we got to take out the rest. Yeah. Kasha's on our mission to take over Poland. Yep. We'll see Empress Kasha uh, maybe soon in the next couple oh, of years. Oh, she, she's of not that snooty. She'll, she'll just stick with Goddess. Goddess Kasha. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, talk to you guys soon. Right, Say bye, bye, Amy. Bye. Bye, Amy. Bye, Amy.